it's time again to turn up your earbuds for our podcast aptly named that's where you're wrong a light-hearted discussion between two friends with their own opinions which by the way are quite similar but our pig-headedness won't allow for mutual agreement in other words steve that's where you're wrong well dave always good to hear your voice buddy um so today in the program we're going to talk about how this whole covid situation is going to affect uh the tourism business it already is obviously but but uh we'll get we'll get into it deeper today right dave yeah that's for sure steve nice hearing your voice too uh i spent uh, 25 years uh, in tourism, I had, I owned a whale watch company in St. Andrews, New Brunswick, and, uh, you can't get any more touristy than that. We're in a tourist town. Uh, you know, so I have a little bit of insight as to, uh, the whole tourism side of things. So who, who have we, uh, who have you managed to find today, the great Hambolo to, uh, to talk to? Well, today on our program, we've got John Eaves. John Eaves uh, was one of the most successful skiers to represent Canada in the freestyle disciplines. He won six world championships um, in the 1980 and 82 seasons, uh, the years before his retirement. Uh, he had In 39 events, he placed in the top 15 on 30 occasions. Following retirement, he entertained audiences worldwide, with his spectacular stunt skiing, most notably in the 1981 film, the James Bond film, For Your Eyes Only, when, as a double for actor Roger Moore, he skied down the iced bobsled run at Cortina in Italy at speeds of nearly 120 kilometers an hour. And that is that is an amazing, amazing stunt that he did in that. Uh, John went on to uh, work as a stuntman most of his life. And now John is uh, doing a lot of different things. But right now in, he's out in Calgary and he does work in, uh, in the ski business, taking people on ski, uh, helicopter skiing. Uh, John, welcome to the program. Hello, Steve and Dave. How are you doing? Good. Hey, John. Good, good. Right on. Well, how's, yeah. How's life out in Calgary with uh, amid this crisis? Well, um, it's deep in winter here. I woke up this morning. It was minus 15 degrees and very what? wintry and snowy and white. And uh, I was uh, just thinking about um, how nice it would be if it was a little warmer. Mm. And we're out there uh, in, in spring and a little warmer, but I'm sure it's going to come around soon. Yeah. How, how's it in Ottawa and, and New Brunswick? Well, here uh, it's beautiful, man. Like I was out for the last two or three days out hitting golf balls, of course, keeping my social distance. Not too many people, nobody out there except me, actually. A few people walking their dogs. But uh, yeah, we're right into uh, spring. Dave, what about you? Well, uh, the unfortunate part of, I, lo I love skiing, I love winter sports, but the unfortunate part when I moved down here from the Ottawa area is that winter rarely comes to St. Andrews. We're so close to the water that uh, the we get the effect from the water in temperature. So whenever it starts to snow, it usually ends up raining. So subsequently this winter, we've had maybe two snowfalls which haven't lasted. So it's been a pretty much of a green winter all winter. So that's uh, a little bit unfortunate. You got to go inland in this area to be able to find some snow and uh, you know up to the gas bay or wherever where we've gone before. So. John, uh, let's let's move into a little bit about uh, today's topic uh, with 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 um, with tourism. So, so John, uh, 
we're all, uh, you're living out west, and uh, I guess the, in, in your background, skiing is a big part of it. How do you think that this is COVID-19 crisis is going to affect uh, tourism, and uh, particularly what you do? Well, uh, for me, um, I should be up in the Bobby Burns, uh, CMH Bobby Burns right now skiing, and obviously that got cancelled. Um, the skiers are all shut, um, and what's really, really bothering me at the moment, but I, I do understand is um, I thought I would be able to go out ski touring, and basically the Canada Avalanche Association and most of the uh, the guides and everybody that, that that is involved in ski touring are uh, telling us not to go because it's not that we're going to affect uh, or get infected or anything like that while we're ski touring because we can socially distance ourselves, which is obviously a good idea if you're skiing down. Not in the chopper, up. though. Not in the chopper. No, I'm talking about ski touring right oh, now. Oh, ski touring. The right, thing right, that's right. really getting me at the moment is I wanted to go out and and ski tour right um however uh uh you know you can't even get a, a reading on the avalanche uh, conditions from the uh, the Ava canadian avalanche association um, you are discouraged to go touring mm. and the main reason is uh they don't want to have to rescue people under yeah, absolutely. circumstances yeah, yeah. right so very, that's a very avalanche prone area too we've uh well well i mean <laughs> avalanches are avalanches and you basically play it safe when you go out touring uh if you want to arrive alive um you know you study the conditions and you make your assessment according to the conditions and according to your experience and um i have some friends that are um hiding out in the woods and they're touring and <laughs> they're, they're having a good time but they're super isolated and, but they are you know they're i don't know if i could call it a risky situation they're skiing in it they've been touring <laughs> yeah but um you know it's one of the sad things right now is uh you know i can go out fat biking or or mountain biking if the conditions are right but you know the fact that we can't go ski touring is a bit sad mm. what are the uh what are the laws so to speak in uh, alberta right now as far as um uh social distancing are concerned you're 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 told to stay at home right yeah, it's the same thing uh, as you guys. I mean, it's the same thing across the country and pretty much, well, across the world, right? Um, I, I would imagine, you know, we're not as stressed out as you are in Ontario or Quebec. Um, um, I would imagine New Brunswick is, is, is the least affected in Canada right now. One of now. the least, yeah, luckily. Yeah, and um, I have friends that are nurses at the hospital and mm. here, the hospitals here in Calgary, and they're very freaked out in the sense yeah. that uh, they've been warned that the crisis is upon us and um, uh, all the doctors are getting scrambled in different locations and not doing what they would normally do. Um, and the, as well, the nurses are, are leaving their posts and doing other things. And so it's a bit like a war, but not quite. Mm. Um, it's, it's a little chaotic and um, the storm really hasn't hit in, in Calgary yet. It's uh you know, we're going to see what happens, but it's, yeah, it's very unnerving for a lot of people. Yeah. The, the future, the unfortunate part is we don't know where the future is going. I just want to ask one more question before I hand it over. Maybe a question to my shorter, uh, my shorter uh, hey, podcast. Hey, 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 watch uh, it, buddy. Uh, the, yeah. uh, let, we understand everyone is pretty familiar with what's been shut down and so on, John. 
what do you see as the future for tourism? Like how are, how the heck are we going to get back to this? I'll tell you, I'll just give you a quick background. I did 25 years of whale watching in this area. I owned a company and we're in, we're in high speed Zodiacs, 12 people to a, to a, a boat and we're together for two hours wearing suits that people have just taken off and put on and so on and so forth. I don't see a way back to that yet. I don't understand a way back to getting into that. I don't do it anymore, but that we sold the company, but I can't see how they're going to get back to it. How do you, what do you foresee as the, the changes or whatever is going to happen to get us back to where we were or close to where we were? Well, I think we can just take the world in general and, and, and apply it to tourism. Um, eventually, when the wave, the first wave of this virus uh, passes us, I think we're going to all have to wake up as a nation and probably have to just suck it up and get out and go about our business. Um, and, you know, I may sound like Donald Trump, um, which is oh, all right. Oh no, the <laughs> Oh God, the liar. Yeah. Hey, podcast over. Well, oh fuck. I mean, here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Right now, we don't want to over um, saturate the hospitals, right? So we're doing the right thing, right? So, but eventually, you know, in a few months or in a few weeks or whatever it is, um, and hopefully, we're going to flatten the curve on this first wave, right? Um, eventually we're probably going to have to go out and face this thing and start getting back to our real lives, right? Because if we don't, um, we can forget about the life as we know it in the past for our future. I mean, I don't want to become some, uh, you know, some person who hides out in his basement and, yeah, and yeah. is afraid of the rest of the world. I mean, Living basically. Living in a van down by yeah. the river. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I've heard a lot of things about um, – you know, the herd mentality, um, uh, children that have been taken out of schools, not being exposed to it. And basically, um, uh, the whole thing is, are we hiding out and it's going to get us really bad if we keep on doing that. And this is something that I don't know, but I would imagine in, in time, we're going to have to face up to the situation and go and confront this virus because if it keeps on affecting us um, and we look at the numbers, I mean, if you if you compare what 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 are the daily deaths now? I mean, what are we up to? Like twenty five thousand or I mean, how many people yeah, have died? Yeah. Got to be over that. It's over twenty five thousand. But just to give you something in focus, twenty five up to twenty five thousand people a day die from starvation, hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, and there's uh, eventually COVID-19 may take over the number one reason for fatalities in America. I think it's number four, number five right now. Right. Um, but eventually we're going to have to put it in perspective of everything else is, uh, that is out there. And we're just going to have to get out there and become active again because... Um, you know, otherwise we're going to lose it. Well, we're going to lose our way of life. Yeah, well, John, we're going to lose everything. Well, John, yeah. in this podcast, what we always try to do is find a way to say that's where you're wrong. But unfortunately, I can't right here because I think you're completely right. And in in a couple of probably more than one of our earlier casts, uh, both Dave and I discussed this and we talked about it. And needless to say, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we certainly weren't thinking about that. 
but as as things get more controlled, and if you look, thank goodness for for the way we've handled it, uh, not to not to uh, bring it up again, but the way the liar in chief handled it down south of the border. Um, I mean, I can't believe I just saw a quote from him back on March. 18th, I think, where he said uh, something stupid like, oh, this is going to be over, you know, next week. Like, it was just ridiculous the shit he said. But here in Canada, you know, we did it. We've so far anyway, we've done a good job containing it. So, yeah, so, no, we're, so we're on yeah, it. so if we keep going that way and look at China, how well they've done, right? So I think you're completely right. Um, uh, we do have to get back out there. But um, I think in the short term, and by that I mean certainly uh, the next week or two weeks, and now, as you know, in the United States, they say everything's still shut down till uh, the end of April, <clears throat> and pretty well it's probably that way here until a uh, a more current directive comes along. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have to um, get out there. There will be, and, and you used a herd, uh, herd mentality, but there's, there's actually another um, uh, noun uh, used with, with herd uh, to talk about how we will be, uh, a lot of us will be uh, immunized in essence, become immune uh, by getting it. And so many people there, and there are hundreds of thousands of cases of people that have it and are getting well. Uh, now, there is also some research that I read that said that perhaps uh, you will not be immune. But I think some of the more, uh, the wider uh, uh, studies that have been done so far, it's not that you won't become immune to this first COVID-19 virus, but the virus will mutate and there probably will be another one and maybe you can get that one. But still, uh, hopefully... Steve, Steve, that's where you're wrong. (laughs) You're not. You're right. But there's. did you know, uh, just to throw a little fact in here, that there's only seven known uh, of these viruses, corona-style viruses. Hmm. Four of them are the common cold. Right. One is SARS, one is MERS, and this one, hmm. COVID-19. Hmm. And uh, like the flu, vac- like the flu uh, uh, we should be able to have a vaccine. So, yes, uh, and, and at, at some points with the vaccine uh, for a flu uh, vaccine, it's basically their best guess a uh, year and a half out because they have to produce it and so on. So they're guessing what the flu vaccine is. So yes, I think you're going to be right. You might be wrong. We don't know. That's the only problem. Yeah. What I'm waiting for is this test uh, that's supposed to be being developed in Halifax um, for to find out if you've, you've had the virus and you have the antibodies in it. Well, I think what they need to help help all of us, especially because they say where they're going to get us back out in the field, so to speak, and then there's going to be hot spots that are going to appear and they're going to be better at, at tracing these hot spots and they're going to be able to tamp them down until maybe a second wave comes. That's how they're going to, they say they're going to get us back in, out in the public. Yeah. But I think what they need to come up with uh, is, and they are doing this, is a very rapid test that is easily deployable, can tell you in a half an hour or 45 minutes whether, you know, you have have had it, you have it, or not. And this is the only way that they're going to be able to, by speeding up the ability to find an area, tamp it down, and so on. It's been done with other deadly viruses and diseases, so hopefully uh, that's something they can do. John, can I ask you, uh, i just give a little bit of background here. I know Steve's mom is a hundred years old this year. Is she a hundred this year, Steve? She'll be a hundred and one in two days. 
she's 101, but unfortunately, I've met her a number of times. She's she, uh, although people with uh, dementia and so on, uh, they can remember way back. But they, you know, your mother's not the most cognizant person I've met in recent years. If you, I'm trying to be polite. She's she's in an old folks home and so on. Well, Dave, John, Dave, Dave, uh, where do you yes? where do you live, Dave? I live. Uh, <laughs> I live in St. Anne. What do you do for a living? I, uh, I'm a dockside monitor. Are you married? I am. Do you have any kids? I have one. Uh, Dave? Dave? Yes, Steve? Where do you live? I live in... <laughs> That's my mom. That's my I mom. I know. I know. I know. But, John, mm. your, your mother, you, you just recently lost your aunt... Your mother and your aunt were twins. They're the and it, excuse me if I pronounce it wrong. The Wertel twins is that right? Right. That's right. Yeah. They're world famous, especially famous in Canada for their skiing abilities. Your mother is also close to a hundred, is she not? She's ninety eight. She's ninety eight, and is she? She has all her faculties mostly. Yeah, she's. She thinks she's losing her marbles, but she's not. Every time I talk to her, she's just so, so funny and so with it. So, what does ninety eight years of experience? Tell us what is she? T what is she saying about COVID nineteen? Yes, current situation. She doesn't talk about it much. You know, we, we talk about other things when we're um, on Facetime. She's living with my brother at the moment. He took her out of the home. Oh, really? And of course, yeah. But you know, um, I guess what we when we're talking about old people, I heard something really, really bothersome. I have a friend who's a nurse in Calgary. I was talking to her last night for about an hour about how the things are going in the hospitals and she was explaining, you know, how how tense it is and you know, it's like the calm before the storm right now, but it's starting to hit. And I said, So how what about old folks? You know, um, you know, we were talking about the nine people that died in Bob Kajian in the in the old folks home and I said, um, how many old folks do you have? And she says, Well, we're not accepting them anymore. Mm. And I, I just sat there and I went, whoa, you know. So basically, um, I'm not in place at the old folks' homes. Yeah, I mean, if if you are in, I'm not gonna. I I think I have to define the difference between an old folks' home, a retirement home, and a palliative care yeah, home. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly where she was coming from, but um, they're basically not accepting uh, some elderly people because they want them to die in their current places of, of where they're living. And I don't know exactly um, uh, the rules and regulations as far as they apply to that. If somebody elderly shows up, where do they send them or do they send them back? But um, a lot of people are getting um, uh, refused in the hospitals because uh, they cannot help them or they don't want to help them or they realize they're too much of a risk uh, for the other people in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And uh, So it's pretty scary about this whole flattening the curve. It's really, really important that we do that and that we're, 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 the isolation thing is, is happening right now. Well, the reason I asked you that question, John, is and I, I respect the fact that she doesn't want to talk about it and you might not want to talk about it either, but, uh, you know, when you talk, about people at that age, they've lived through 
uh, worse things than we are experiencing. Well, they lived through the cold. Spanish Spanish flu. Well, yeah. Well, no. They, at a hundred years old, you would have to be a hundred and five or six even to re vaguely remember it because it was nineteen eighteen. 1920. Yeah, my, the Spanish influenza hit the year around the time my mother was mm. born. Right. But she would have lived through the polio, through tuberculosis, through other outbreaks. Smallpox. Contagions. Smallpox. Contagions. These, these were, you know, horrible uh, things. And it, it, I was just, I'm just trying to get a little perspective on, you know, from experience, yeah. you hear things, you know, and uh, we're losing that experience. And, just to say what you're saying about, uh, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, I wish my mother was here on this to, 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 um, give her opinion because, um, I know she could. And I think it's, it's something that we all should, should be aware of is, uh, how the other elderly feel about this compared to those things. That, that that's a great topic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's one of many that many people that age, especially have, have lived through, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, we're, we're, we're getting, we're, we've got a few more minutes here. Let's just try to wrap up with getting back to tourism. And I, I think it's obvious that tourism is, is going to be affected. And Dave, earlier you, you asked about, you know, how are we going to get back into it? Um, but it's the same type of thing. Like John said, we're going to have to get back into life. So to me, I, I assume like anything else, I mean, everything's super flat right now, uh, income wise, no, Nobody's doing anything, so uh, the tourism trade is 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 way down. But but it's gonna have to ease back in. So, but it's funny in tourism. Typically, you get a lot of um, and and hence the word a tour. We we nowadays think about tour buses and and cruise ships as tours. Um, but I think in the short term, uh, we're going to have to tourism is going to have to be individual. I don't think you're going to have to load, you won't be allowed to, certainly in the short term, to load people on buses and take them places. People are going to have to go on their own. And and up till now, of course, no one's flying anymore because everybody's scared. Well, we're, we're told not to go anywhere, so we can't. But but even that, once once we get back online, people are going to be, I'm going to be nervous about getting on a plane full of people, you know? So I think we're going to have to ease back into tourism too on an individual basis. Well, I, I keep getting back to this sort of concept of a, uh, a situation where you're going to have people who have had COVID have, re have recovered from it and are immune. And you're going to have people who are not. And the difficulty is going to be in where do those two mix mm. You know, are you going to go to some tourism, you know, you're going to get in a helicopter with six other people and uh, you're going to look everyone in the eye. Are you going to ask them, hey, you had COVID? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might might come down to having a passport or something or a medical stamp well, or whatever. I, I've said this before, John, on our podcast that, and I've read uh, the gentleman, uh, one, there's an older gentleman who's still alive who helped eradicate smallpox. And he says what will happen, and I know, Steve, uh, we've talked about this yep. before, is a scarlet letter type, but in reverse, that once you've had COVID and you've recovered and you have a medical certificate saying that, uh, that you would uh, be able to either wear that as a badge, literally, and uh, be able to partake in events with other COVID-recovered people. Because, again, uh, you know, 
this this whole thing has set us on edge and to get away from that nervousness everyone is the reason we're all nervous because it's all about you it's all about you know is it how's it going to affect me and i disagree with that completely man. Well, there, that's where you're there wrong, you go dude. there you go john, john. <laughs> it's all about who i'm going to interview. john john okay. john you have you have what? to say dave that's where you're wrong Dave, that's where you're wrong. I don't think it's about me, okay? Now, uh, sure, I'm concerned about getting sick and things. But I know right now that I would be, not now, I'd say in a month right from now, if somebody says, okay, you want to get back to life, are you willing to get out there and risk getting infected? And I would say yes. Really? Wow. Because, you know, um, I think the world is going to have to make that decision, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, this is not going to be a permanent situation. We have, you know, the the development, hopefully of antivirals, the development of a vaccine, although it's a ways out, uh, you know, getting and recovering from it and so on. You know, there, there is an end in the, in, in this whole Mm -hmm. thing, but, you know, I think we saw right there out of three people, the vote was two to one, uh, not against or for, but you, John, you say, I'll jump in. Steve and I sort of, mm-hmm, I'm a little mm-hmm. trepidation yeah. about that idea, yeah. right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you look, you look at uh, the statistics of who's going to get ill, right? I mean, any anybody that's um, immunodeficient or uh, is, is is fighting something or has had cancer, I mean, you know, these are people that this thing can affect, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, you know, I think life is brutal. Um, it already is brutal in many aspects. Okay. Um, and I think we're just going to have to get up and get out there eventually. Yeah. Well, when they first started talking about this at the age groups that it affected, they said 65 and older. So I, I made my bargain with the devil and I kept telling everyone I'm only 64 and a half. So I'm safe. (laughs) Okay. I was looking on something on Facebook this morning and it was posted by, um, it's a CBC post about the amount of people, uh, the age groups that are affected and believe it or not, the number one infection group in Calgary. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. I'm going to guess, uh, 20 to 30. That's what I guess. Very close. It's 30 to 40. Wow. Yeah, that's the number one leading infected Well, because they're the now. idiots that yeah, went out and did That's the infected group, though. That's my age group is my infected. my age group is uh, fourth on the list. I think um, uh, fifty-five to sixty-five. I, I'm, I know I'm because we're smarter. I'm we're just, smarter. Still in that group. We're smarter. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Listen. Yeah. On that note, John. On that gonna, on that note, yeah. saying that we're smarter because old guys rule, right, guys? Yes. Old guys, <laughs> old guys on, rule. Thirty to forties rule. On that, on that note, we're going to wrap it up, Dave. Okay. Right. There. Thanks, Steve. Now, listen, John. Before we go, uh, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot here or not. Is there a song or a song lyric that sums up your feeling about the current situation we're living in? I thought about that, and if I was going to, um you know, put a song to this conversation. It would be called Coming Back to Life by Dave Gilmore. Oh, wow. Pink Floyd original. Okay. And because I think that's what we have to do. Yeah, very good. What a great. What a, what a. 
It's a beautiful song. Yep. What a great choice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's about it, Dave. Always good to talk to you. And uh, you, Stevie boy. And uh, thanks a lot, John, for uh, being on the program. All right. It was a pleasure. Cheers. John, nice talking to you again. All right. Take care, mate.